AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. It was a defensive day in the ag markets, even after the grains tried to rally early in the session. Prices were trading lower by mid-morning. Cattle Complex watched early price gains turn into lower values by the close, and lean hog futures found a way to ground out modest gains. Live from a chip-rich environment via Farm (laughs) Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll begin with a conversation with Garrett Toy from Ag Trader Talk. Later, Kerry Artek from ArtekAdvisory.com. And directly following the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, welcome back, the beloved host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. Did we change things up when I left, Davis? Mixed it up. Yep, we decided we're going to go with a minimalist intro from here on out. Minimalist intro. No bells. (laughs) No, no bells, bells no. necessary. No bells, Nothing no whistles. Like no right. thank you. We don't right. need it. I get it. I get it. Well, I don't know if I like it or not. Mm. We'll have to talk about that and see if we uh, can maybe get something back for tomorrow. And yet the people listening to the podcast will magically hear bells and wonder what the heck <laughs> it is you're talking about. <laughs> magic. I'm the hearing bells right post. now. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. magic of post-production. <laughs> Welcome to AgriTalk. I am Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us. On this Monday afternoon, Davis Michelson. Hi. Uh-huh. Dude. Yeah. It's like gorgeous outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 44 really degrees in Northeast Iowa. How many? Four? 44. 44. Yes. That sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. It is. Sun We're a little is above. Shining. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. We're a little above that. We're okay. a bit. We're above that. <laughs> and okay. sunny. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. What a great All change. Right. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't yeah. know how things work down here in uh, in the Midwestern subtropics down here in Dixie. Yeah. yeah. I saw robins this morning. There were really? robins in the backyard. I could hear them. Stop I heard it. them before I saw them. Yes. It seems early. It's only January. I don't I don't quite it, know how this works. Those robins may be in for early. a shock. Yeah. It feels early. Maybe go talk to the neighbors or I, someone else that's lived there for a while. We can I do don't that know. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to leave the house to do that. <laughs> Glad you're with us. Defensive day. Kind of a mm-hmm. bummer of a way to start the week. Um, got that March bean contract under 12 bucks on the close today. We'll yeah. see what Jack Scoville makes of that here in just a little bit. And then uh, get to the conversation with Garrett. Uh, always look forward to the conversations with Garrett. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get into some of the regional differences in the markets and talk some big picture stuff when we get Garrett on here in just a bit. All right, let's get to it. Well, Chip, March soft red winter wheat futures opened slightly higher and near session highs, then turned lower to post a mid-range close. Wheat export inspections in the weekend of January 25 totaled just 265,000 metric tons. Chip, that was short of trade expectations. Lower corn prices weighed on wheat prices today, and traders also noted the market was primed for a downside correction after the 40-cent rally from the Jan 18 low to the January 25 high. Traders continue to watch global crop conditions, although no serious supply-side issues are expected in the year ahead. 
March HRW wheat features six and a half cents lower, six eighteen and a quarter. March SRW wheat down six and three quarter cents, five ninety three and a half. March spring wheat closed at six ninety three and a quarter, down ten and one quarter cents. Chip, I think it's a market that's looking for demand. Well, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about on today's show with Garrett. March corn futures opened steady and near session highs before falling to test support at contract lows. Today's settlement was also a new contract low close. Export inspections of corn weekend of January 25 totaled nearly 902,000 metric tons. That was in line with trade expectations. Traders continue to watch development of first crop corn in Brazil and are waiting for the safrina corn crop to be planted. And now they're noting a forecast calling for hot and mostly dry conditions in Argentina over the next 10 days. Still, Chip, plentiful supplies of U.S. corn are acting as an anchor on the market. March corn futures by uh, six cents lower. 440 and a quarter. May corn down five and a quarter, 450 and a half. July corn futures closed at 459 and one quarter. That's down four and one quarter cents, Chip. Lots of anchors on that corn market right now. Uh, and as we look forward, we'll, we may be adding some weight to those anchors too. Soybean export inspections weekend at Jan 25 totaled nearly 890,000 metric tons. That was also in line with trade expectations. Product spreading was featured in the soy complex. Short covering in soybean meal was featured after the market spiked to a new contract low in early trade. March bean futures opened to near session highs and closed near session lows. Front month beans posted the first close below 12 bucks since June 8th, Chip. Mm. Bean harvest in Brazil was estimated at 11% complete last Thursday. That's more than double last year's harvest pace. March beans 15 cents lower, 11.94 and a quarter. May beans down 11 and a quarter, 12.05. July beans closed at 12.15 and a quarter, down 18 and three quarter cents. Chip, it just, everything just feels slippery right now. Yeah, it does. It does. And soybean oil today was more than 130 points lower in the March and May contracts as that spread unwinding or, or even fresh, uh, uh, establishment of the long meal short oil spreads happening. But boy, that pressure on the oil market was too much for beans to handle. Well, March cotton was 11 points lower today, 84.26. On your livestock's live cattle futures tried to rally at mid-morning but fell back to close below the opening range and near session lows. April fat cattle down 45 cents today, 181.22 and a half. March feeders down a buck seven and one half, 238.62 and a half. And on the snout side, April hogs posted an inside trading range with a low range open and a high range close. April hogs 17 and a half higher, 83.42 and a half. And June hogs up 27 and one half. 96.27 and one half. We'll let it slide on the cattle chip a heck of a week last week. Probably some uh, a yeah. little bit of corrective selling in there, too. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, buddy. Let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures. How you doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm having a great time. And you must be feeling very sad because you uh, used to be someplace warm and now you're someplace not nearly as warm. <laughs> <laughs> you've You've got that fairly accurate. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking about that with the way that the wheat market traded last week in particular. You know, the wheat guys might want to pay to keep me out of the country. That uh, <laughs> that was a nice rally. What do you make of this bean trade here, Jack? That March contract back below 12 bucks. Well, I think there was a lot of fun selling to begin with. Uh, and I think a lot of the reason for it came out of Brazil, strangely enough. 
there was there were reports out of Brazil that three cargos uh, of soybeans got sold into the United States. I I picked that up on the way in into into the office on the train this morning. One of my guys from down there called me, and um, uh, that's not uh, the most bullish news in the world. And I'm sure that uh, it means that the uh, Spread is big enough between Brazil and the U.S. to, to justify it, but mm-hmm. it's also an indication of the quality, I suspect, of the soil of the Brazilian beans this year. They're going to be selling a lot of pretty bad quality beans, but uh, apparently the crushers up here didn't really care. They went ahead and took them anyway. Wow. At least wow. that's the report. Okay. All right. If it works, it works. It seems like it works at some point almost every year. This feels a little early, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. And, uh, uh, you know, you normally you get pretty well into the harvest before they, yeah. before people start tanking the market down there. And, um, but maybe, maybe the Chinese have kind of pulled back yeah. down there that I don't know. So, uh, you know, there's all sorts of reasons for this to happen. Right. Right. Good stuff, Jack. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, man. All right. See you later. You bet. Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group coming up next from Ag Trader Talk. Garrett Toy right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Time Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuckwagon Cafe number one. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Monday afternoon. It's kind of a tough day in the markets. Uh, but we can get past that and, and talk about some of the things that are happening and, and what we should be watching going forward. Here to do that with us is Garrett Toy from Ag Trader Talk. Garrett, it's good to talk with you. How's 2024 treating you? Hey, you know, we're, we're hanging in here. Uh, you know, this weather has not been <laughs> a yeah. whole lot of fun between the, I wish Mother Nature make it for mine between the freeze and thaw and, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm in the snow moving plus landscaping business because I'm going to have a lot of sod. I'm going to have to <laughs> this spring because the, the ground is not frozen and it's been a bit of a mess. But uh, no, yeah. we're doing all right. How about how are things in your side of the state? Hey, we're doing okay up here. Uh, you, you know, the same thing with with we got some sloppy conditions out there right now because of the thaw. But but uh, I tell you what, 
January thaws are not all that unusual, but for them to stick around for yeah. the first half of February, like it, it sounds like this one's going to do, man, we might, yeah. we might get rid of all the snow by the time we get to the middle of February. You know better than that. You know better than that. It'll, it'll give us one. It'll, it'll give us one more. And the one thing, not, and then I know everybody's thinking it, but the the week of fog days, man, that's just sends a, that's just the ninety days, man. That just sends a shiver down my spine. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's uh, one thing I've been keeping an eye on. So. Yep. Take us out to the uh, what would that be? The middle of April. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, key planting time. Yes, sir. Key planting time. Hmm. And dumping yeah. all kinds of rain on us after that week's worth of fog that we had. Well, uh, give, give me give me your bottom line on this market uh, right now, Garrett. I mean, we got new contract low close in in March corn. We got the first close below twelve bucks since early June in March beans. Um, it does that all make sense to you? Yes. I mean, it, it, like David said, I mean, it, it, everything just feels heavy, you know, and, and what I'm, it, what, when you look at the grand scheme of things, it's, you're, you're trying to find out, you know, <laughs> when is all the negativity priced in? And, and it, it's, you know, just when you think you're there, then there's something else comes down the pipe, you know? Um, you know, I think, you, you know, economy, what, what was today? I mean, we had, you know, China macro concerns. I mean, it was across the board. You know, the funds are short. They're right for now. And, and, and to beat the, the dead horse, oh, they're, 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 they're short a historically large percent of the market. Yeah, they are. You know, I mean, you look at the, the commitment of traders, you know, the, the fund shortest percent of open interest. There's only been three other times um that we've been the short and you know the trade war and COVID. you know i mean well, you know that's that's pretty short you know and <laughs> and the other the other aspect is, is is the commercial you know the commercial's long you know they've only been long two three other times and and typically that's a sign of a bottom in here and and it, or or it doesn't have to be a long-term bottom or at least just a short-term bottom and it just doesn't it doesn't seem to click and i think I think the biggest issue is 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 the market's a bit distorted. A yeah, obviously corn doesn't have a story. The carryout's big. We're still trying to find demand, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but you know the market also we had white carries at harvest, right? We had historically yeah. white carries and no beans and no GM bean spread, these March corn spread. So you know if you had an HTA, the market was telling you not to deliver it you know but it's it's that stuff is still sitting out there you know and i still get you know i i think we're at the point case in point i run to local grocery store to go grab lunch and i get stopped by two guys wondering if we're gonna have five dollar corn again you know we're we're at that point we're at that point of the, the you know i think there's a lot of unpriced corn um sitting in bins out there so yeah. that tells us that tells us that, you know, a short covering rally, whatever spurs the short covering rally in the market is probably going to be short lived because there's going to be a lot of offers above the market where those offers are. You know, I think, you know, I, I've in my back in my mind, I said 20 cents, but that was at 450. You know, I get back to that 475 level. I think you sold it because to this point, you know, if if a ethanol ethanol plant or anybody needs to buy corn, you throw a five dollar corn bid out there. Even the last time, the last rally we had, where did we go? Five oh four, and then we the bottom dropped out. You know, so yeah. you know that's that's the magic number. 
but we're a long ways away from there, you know. So, um, you know, there's, as you mentioned, we talked about, there's a lot of regional discrepancies out here. <clears throat> Remember, we had a massive, massive crop in Ohio. Yep. And yep. and the second the second week of December, you know, we track average ethanol basis for the entire state. Every plant, you know, it's not a it's not a rocket science. It's not a weighted average by any means, but it's just an average just to give us a gauge. And the second week, you know, we know that Indiana and Ohio had a massive crop. Um, the second week of December, their their average basis was twenty eight under, which is thirty four yep. cents weaker than it was the year prior. Now, now the average ethanol plant in Ohio is only two cents less than it was this point last year. <laughs> you know, so wow. uh, the crop the crop is still there. It's just not where it needs to be. And at some point, I think there's going to be, you know, a, a wave of something, whether it's cash flow needs or something. Uh, I think the farmers going to start moving some corn. And and from my eleva- elevator customers today, and I do clearing for elevator customers. Um, I, I think there was some capitulation trade in some Indiana and Ohio markets. You know, guys kind of thrown in the towel um, today, considering some of the volume that we saw even on the big down really? day today. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing, the conversation I've had. I mean, it's, you know, talking with producers, even talking with elevators because they're, they're relaying the messages to producers. It's, it's, it's more the, the psychologist conversation, you know, and, and, and the, the old saying of, Know, managing a loss is still managing risk is yeah. you know you know it, 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 i've had to say that more than once last week to 10 days yeah yep okay hey on that commitment of traders reports we know what the funds are doing they're short and yep. on the commercial side you said that they're what's their position now are they long they are long yeah they're um uh, let's see here the yeah. the actual position um Bear with me here. Give me one moment. Well, so, uh, the, they're long. They're, they're long. Uh, Twenty-six thousand contracts. Okay. All right. So it's a it's a very small long position. They don't I, get very long. The rec, the record's only forty-seven. Yeah, but <laughs> so, I mean, every they time they it happens, every time it happens, Garrett, I sit there and I look at a report like that, and I'll admit I didn't look at last week's report, but I sit and look at a report like that, and I just wonder why. Why are the commercials long? What What's the incentive for them to get on the long side of the market? Um, you know, I, I, it's just the lack of farmer movement. I mean, the the, the funds are the, the managed money is what's pushing the market. You know, so um, you know, and you've seen this market. You know, the, the spreads have narrowed considerably in corn. Yeah, they're doing everything they had. The 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 twelve one stocks report showed that you know farmers you know a little bit it implied the farmers a little bit undersold. We don't know what the position of of the the ownership is on on the on the farm stocks, but um you know the market is trying to trying is trying to originate grain. I mean we've had significant moves uh, in the front end corn spreads uh, up until yeah. you know it seemed like today everything got sold. You know, but yeah. um, we've seen significant movement in the spreads here over the last. You know, week to ten. So it's since the, really since the first of of, of January. Yeah. You know, we've had you know a four cent move in the March May spread. That's that's considerable. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And and I mean the spread continued to uh, the the bear spread continued to work today. Okay, so what does all this mean? It it it, it, it seems to me like the anchor is finding deeper water all the time in this corn market. Right. Yeah, we're we're at the point now where a short covering event can come at any point. We're trying to find the man. And and essentially we've known along that, you know, corn really didn't have much of a story. The, if we were going to have 
a, a life raft. It was going to be Chinese buying for state reserves. Um, and, you know, up until, you know, and I don't know, maybe things are starting to change there, but, you know, everyone talked about the big increase in the Chinese, um, you know, production estimate in the January WASDE. Well, the Chinese actually raised their, they actually raised their corn production number in November. If you, if you look at Dalian corn, you know, Dalian corn had been under, has been on a, on a major sell-off uh, since November. However, it, it bottomed last week. You know, and we've and we've rallied. You know, we traded down to 2321. We're up to 2380. We've we're back to the highest level since you know, mid December. Excuse me, mid mid January. But you know, with U.S. corn prices being low, being lower, perhaps we're going to start opening up that that uh, um, that import window again. But okay. if you look at the you look at the point where China completely quit buying corn was basically when they confirmed their their. Uh, their, their corn crop was massive. They, they issued um, um, newer, they issued mandatory, they wanted to do stock repurchases from domestic uh, areas that help support their own, pri- their own producers. Uh, yep. That's when the buying stops. Okay. Okay. Hey, we got to take a break here, Garrett. Uh, when we come back, we need to talk a little bit more about South America, what, what the influence of South America is on us and what we need to do about all of it. What's the risk management plans from now through the first half of the year? Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where March hard red winter wheat futures were six and one half cents lower, 618 in one quarter. March SRW wheat down six and three quarter cents to close at 593 and one half. March corn futures were six cents lower today, 440 and one quarter. May corn down five and one quarter cents to 450 and one half cent. March beans 15 cents lower, 1194 and a quarter. May beans down 11 and one quarter to 1205. March cotton was 11 points lower today, 84.26. On your livestock's April fat cattle were down 45 cents, 181.22 and a half. March feeders off a buck seven and one half to two thirty-eight sixty-two and a half. April lean hog futures seventeen and one half cents higher. Look at there, eighty-three forty-two and a half. Get more market news every market day. Visit tryprofarmer.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We don't make the news, we render it. AgriTalk. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us. We're in the middle of a conversation with Garrett Toy from AgTrader Talk. Um, the, the, the conversation to this, to this point, I, I think, has been trying to figure out just exactly what's gotten us to where we are right now. And Garrett, I realize there's a couple of things that we haven't even touched on yet. No, and and I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to complete the list here. But if we're out there looking for demand, and we've got the issues on the Mississippi River that we've got, and we've got the issues in the Panama Canal that we've got, and we've got the issues in the Red Sea that we've got, and the Black Sea. It doesn't get any well, and then throw the dollar in on top of it. It doesn't get any easier going out there and trying to find demand in this environment, does it? No, it it, it doesn't. Um, but at the same time, you know, everybody's kind of in the everybody's kind of in the same boat from that standpoint. I mean, you know, okay. Brazil's going to, you know, the, the, the Red Sea issue is, is hurting European Union and, and, and or, or Ukraine exports, you know. Um, you know, it, it's, it probably doesn't impact Brazil or Argentina that much, but I mean, it's, it, it is, I mean, it's, everybody's kind of in the same boat. So that kind of, you know, I hate to use this adage in this context, but the rising tide lifts all yeah. ships. It's the rising tide you know, just kind of increase the cost of business for everyone, you know, sort of thing. And, and it's just, it, it is what it is, okay. for lack of a better term, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it, it, it just, it's something that everyone kind of deals with. Yeah. Okay. So what about the influence of the dollar on, on demand for us product right now? What do you make of that? Um, you know, the dollars, kind of, I, <laughs> the market's very transitory right now. The market doesn't know whether we're going to continue to raise interest rates or if we're going to start cutting interest rates. And I think mm-hmm. ultimately over the next you know three four months, um, as we wait for more data to come out, then that'll ultimately influence the direction of the dollar. Um, you know, I I think the dollar in the grand scheme of things though is is uh, such a when you get into these supply type situations. I mean, you look at the South American situation. Um, you know, it, it, the dollar. The dollar matters um, when it's not a big supply situation, in my okay. opinion. Um, you know, I mean, it, it really this really comes down to supply and demand. You know, and um, you know, China has its issues. You know, it, the Evergrande issues were, you know, the Chinese yeah. economic issues were were a big thing today. It hit the, over the weekend, but you know. When we were trying to trade about fourteen dollars last fall, and it wasn't raining in Brazil, and we couldn't rally above fourteen dollars. You know, we, we were we were trading the poor Chinese, you know, crushed margins, poor, you know, hog feeding margin then, you know. So yeah. um, when I see those headlines get circulated now, yeah, they're still not great, but that was two dollars ago. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, so, I mean, I think a lot of that's already priced in, um, to my opinion. I mean, obviously, it, that situation may not have approved much, but it's a lot better today than what it was 40 days ago. Yeah. Um, so. Um, the other aspect of it too is, is you know, you know the 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 South American growing season is kind of fun. It's not funny, but it, it's eerily mimicked the U.S. growing season where we had dry areas and they weren't sure of the size of the crop. Well, the Brazilian farmer it just kind of wonders how sold the Brazilian farmer is as well, you know, because um, you know they've had dryness in the north and they're not really sure what kind of crop they've got, and then. 
um, you know, how much are they willing to, to, you know, stick their neck out and sell? Um, I think part of the reason that, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, just trying to uh, end justify the means here, but hmm. I think that the, the farmer, the one thing I do think is, is that the, the Brazilian farmer with the improved moisture situation in there, I think they are trying to make more money off of corn uh, and the safrina corn crop. And it seems like the potential there is that the, the safrina corn crop is going to increase in acres okay. at some point once we get get those conab numbers to confirm down the road but okay it's, that's one thing i i am fairly certain of because if you look at corn spreads and try and justify trade uh septi's corn spread has really gotten hammered here over the last week or so okay. um almost to historically wide levels for this time of year and it seems that that's that's generally our our litmus test for safrina as far as whether they think they're going to have corn to sell into our u.s export program or okay not. interesting interesting okay you you mentioned the the chinese uh uh real estate or property uh issues that are happening over there with evergrand it, it's I, I think what we need to understand is if they have a major uh property developer like evergrand dealing with struggles the average investor quote-unquote investor over there feels it because so much of their property years so much of their investment is in property correct i believe so yeah i think that's the case the one thing yeah. i've the one thing i've learned i mean obviously it doesn't seem like we've been talking about evergrande for two years you know i mean yeah. it seems like we've been talking about evergrande for years um so i mean it, it, it's it's china if 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 something the the biggest concern is the yeah. risks to their banking, you know, and their and their funding. Um, but um, you know, again, it, I still think the, the the hog margins and and the feeding is the bigger issue. But um, at the end of the day, I, I had a long term mentor who would always tell me is that you know Chinese issues, Chinese economic issues are always so short short lived, just because they're such a large country. Um, that they tend to work themselves out of it a lot quicker than what people expect it to be. Um, and, and the fact that you know that if push comes to shove with this real estate debacle, um, you know, that the, the government's going to come in and intervene and, and, and create more yeah. supports, supports at what, which would, at, which will, you know, stop the proverbial bleeding at some point. All right. Okay, so what's all this mean for the corn and soybean markets as we make our way through February and set the spring insurance price? <laughs> we, we've talked a lot of we've talked about a lot of stuff. I think the most important thing is um, you look at this market. If, if you, you, this, let's look back over the last ninety days okay. um, in hindsight. You know who was today? Who is in the best position market-wise from a farmer standpoint? Um, you sold grain off the combine, right? You know, if you sold grain off the combine, um, you're in the best position right now. You know, but at the time, we had historically wide carries. We had historically, you know, historically wide basis on the river because we had the the, the, the freight issues, barge freight issues, et cetera, et cetera. So how many people really did that? And then we get into post-harvest and we saw the wide carries and we heard about the basis contracts and, you know, what that has done to the spreads. You know, when the spreads widened, you know, obviously there was a lot of people that did basis contracts out of harvest. So that kind of came back to, to bite people. 
because we never got, again, we never got that harvest rally, really. We never got a Thanksgiving right. rally. We never got a Christmas rally. You know, it just has been the straight. And then after the first year, it was just Katie barred the door. Um, but the point I was trying to make earlier is that when you, you know, it regionally pay attention to your local markets and like Ohio, you know, the, the basis improvements, maybe now when you've got a, you know, a, a, a extremely, you know, basis that's only four cents less than it was this point last year, maybe now is, if you've got unpriced green, maybe now is the time to do that basis contract. You know, the board may not rally, you know, I mean, it, or just, you know, it, you, you know, price it and buy a call uh, to protect that grain, you know, to, to stop the interest rate payments. But when basis is, seems to be too good to be true in some areas, like Ohio or some, you know, Indiana or some of these markets, with considering the carryout still 2.1 billion bushel carryout and you yeah. need to do something, that's probably what I would do at this point. If that okay. makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, the board. Gotta, really, they're the board, two different markets. They're two different markets. You got to do your basis analysis and your flat price analysis. And if basis analysis is suggesting that eh, something is out of whack and it's better than what it ought to be, you should be doing what you can to capture it. Right. And, and I've, I've got I've got customers across the board. I've got beginning pr- producers. I've got experienced producers. Everybody's on the different end of the spectrum as far as their relationships, their 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 equity situations, that sort of thing. And I was talking to a producer last week, and he's like, you know, I want to sell some cash to to, to just generate some cash flow. And and, and the banker said, well, like, well you're, you're going to sell against the low. And I'm like, well, do you, do you know that? You know, I mean, are you are you selling against the low here? I mean, you know, that's that's where the comment about you know sometimes managing a loss is managing risk because you know yeah. you can. You know, lock in a good basis. If you you know if you don't think the board's going to rally, just price the cash outright and buy a call. And then right. you still you know have, you're protected if we do have a rally. But the, your your risk is you do a basis contract and the board keeps going down. Right. You know, and that that's the big thing because if you do a basis contract, <clears throat> what you're hoping for essentially is that we get a, a twenty or thirty cents rally when this short covering event occurs, if it occurs. I don't know what's gonna you know, if or when that's that's the magic eight balls, you know, answer. Yeah. You know, I don't know when that's gonna happen. Um but but it's just about being able to, to manage your risk and determine what your what the, the market is giving you at this point in time. Yeah. Yep. I like uh I, I like what you're saying here and and it's just a question of when when marketing gets tough, sometimes you just got to stick to the basics, and and I think that's what I hear you saying is is manage it is risk it really needs, is yeah yeah it it really is and have somebody you know that that you can you know I, I've had these conversations. There's a lot of nervous people out there. I mean, I can make recommendations, but it it doesn't mean that somebody's going to follow them. You know, and mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's. You have to have somebody that can remain calm through the storm and can sometimes talk you off the ledge if you need to. Perfect. Perfect. Garrett, I always enjoy these, man. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. You bet. All right. That is Garrett Toy, Ag Trader Talk. When we come back, it's time for a chart update. We've got Kerry Artak, Artak Advisory, right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuckwagon Cafe Number 1. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you were with us on this Monday afternoon. Good conversation with Garrett. Just a lot of things to think about there, Davis, that... That uh, if you can get if you can get things all lined up, like I said at the very end, it was when when uh, when risk management becomes as tough as it is right now, keep it ba- keep keep it very basic. And mm-hmm. man, when he started talking about you know doing your basis analysis separate from your market analysis, and those weren't his words; those were mine. But that's. That's what he was talking about. I was like, holy smokes, this guy is right up my uh, alley uh, when it comes to, to to risk management and trying to figure out exactly what we need to be doing in here. So, yeah, if, if that basis is stronger than what it normally should be and based on your analysis is way stronger than what it should be, <laughs> you got to take advantage of that. You got to mm-hmm. do what you can to capture it. Mm-hmm. All right. It is time to take a look at the charts. We've got Kerry Artak from Artak Advisory with us. Hey, Kerry, how's it going? Going pretty good, Chip. How you doing? We're doing okay. Doing all right. Uh, don't forget, go to Artak Advisory. That's A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, and get signed up for a two-week free trial of Kerry's daily service. March beans. Get us started. Yeah, very good. Yeah, March soybeans, about three weeks ago, got a long-term sell signal on the weekly chart when we closed below a three-year rising channel bottom for the first time. It's at 12.59 and a quarter, well above the market, but it did set off a three- to five-month sell signal down to 10.91 even, which is a former three-, four-year channel top that we settled above, geez, a couple of years, through two or three years ago. Uh, and we are on our way back down to it. That's what I'm seeing technically, holding below 12.59 quarter maintains a 1091 even three to five month objective on the way down we have a 2021 weekly chart low at 1181 and a quarter we settled today 1194 and a quarter we may actually test 1181 and a quarter this week we could get a nice bounce back to 1259 and a quarter perhaps over the following two to three weeks. But given the heavy state of affairs, I, I think what's likelier is a settlement below 1181 and a quarter. And if yeah. at the end of this week on Friday, we close below 1181 and a quarter, I think by the end of March, we actually may test that 1091 even longer term objective where we could actually place an annual low. 
Now, upside, if we can close back above not only 1259 and a quarter, but also 1267 and three quarters, pretty much a range, about a 12 point range there. That if we can close above 1267 and three quarter, then we actually reverse. We've got a two to three month buy signal up to 1375 even, but that latter scenario, obviously, as well the mark right now on to march feeder cattle settled okay. 238.62 today and back in early december i mentioned a long-term three-year channel bottom uh then in the 214 handle as i recall 217.77 this week all week three-year channel bottom now i don't expect to see it and in fact the reason i'm mentioning it is once we tested it there i, I had a target in the mid 240s uh, which is a descending two-thirds speed line dropping weekly uh, and we actually closed above that last week. It's at 233.75 all week long. So if we can close the week above 233.75 and continue to do so, I see a secondary buy signal now that actually could yield a return to that 266 handle long-term uh, resistance. That's a 30-year a 30-year channel top. We actually came within 1% of testing last September, and we had the big sell-off following the testing of that. That's actually in reach again uh, now that we've closed above 233.75. 233.75 is dropping a little bit every week. So what's at 233.75 this week in a month will be probably around 230 or so. But it is a floor of support now, and I do think 266.90, not out of the question, over the next three to five months, we can get a nice rally back into the mid to upper 260s over the next three to five months. If we close the week back below 233.75, well, then we actually have a one to two month sell signal back to that 217.77 three-year channel bottom where we could bottom out into later year and that that's a three-year structure that could contain longer term selling pressures at 217.77 uh finally uh april lean hogs we rolled last week from february to april and these yep. back contracts in lean hogs are much higher priced and so the rollover uh we rolled in april right to a long-term speed line that is projected off the 22 high that's at 83.65 this week and you know we're testing it we tested it late last week we We've tested it this week already. We close at 83.42. If uh, April lean, lean hogs can close the week above 83.65, significant buy signal for the April contract. I would expect a return to the contract highs of 91.65 within a couple of months, potentially the next long-term resistance area on the weekly chart at 96.55 could be reached by April expiration. Uh, and once again, when we roll from April to June, it'll be another hop, skitch and a, yeah. skip and a jump over some of these big, big areas in the weekly chart. If uh, Aprilene hogs cannot close above 83.65 this week, it is very vulnerable, susceptible to falling back over the next couple of months to 73.35, which is a meaningful long-term support area able by that point in time to contain selling through spring. But right now, 83.65, a big pivot point. We're right there if we close above it. Bullish continuation into later April contract life. And if we close below it, uh, bearish continuation, just the opposite. And yeah. that's pretty much all I've got today, Tip. Yeah, bearish for about 10 bucks to the downside is what it sounds like. That lean hog market likes right. to make $10 moves, Gary. So that's lining up really yeah. well. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Thanks. We'll Thank talk you, to you next week. You too now. Take care. All right. Gary Artak, Artak Advisory. Davis, the National Weather Service, 6 mm -hmm. to 10-day outlook. This is for... Now, here's the thing. Yeah? The markets want you to stay out of the country. I think, I... The, weather, I think the weather wants you here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Having a heat wave, baby. Yeah. That's what it is.
February 4th through the 8th, we've got above normal temperatures across the Corn Belt. Most of the middle of the country, the western west coast, looking at some below normal temperatures. We've also got a mix of precipitation in the outlook. Above normal precipitation, basically from Waterloo, Iowa, to the west, to the north and west of that line. And eastern Iowa through the eastern Corn Belt is looking at below normal precipitation. The 8 to 14 day has also got the above normal temperatures in it. Thanks for listening today. We've got Paul Neeper, Farm CPA, and Lee Blank from Summit Carbon Solutions tomorrow morning.